This is a crowd podcast. Hello, I'm Garrett Thomas. And I'm Tom Fordyce. And you've just entered the Garrett Thomas Cycling Club. Brought to you by Zwift, the indoor cycling app where everyone from rookies to pros finds their fun. Closer. That's a bit of Welsh for you. I'm starting this episode, Tom, a bit relieved now because uh, I'm over a very stressful part of the year, to be honest. Oh, tell us more. Well, basically, October is our wedding anniversary, Max's birthday, and Sar's birthday. Yeah. Which. which yeah, and it's off season, so there's no structure. There's no sort of guaranteed time away from family to do important stuff like sort out presents or think about presents. So October is enjoyable in that it's the off season and I get to do everything I don't do the rest of the year. But then it's also really stressful because I get five days, four days out from a a big event like a wedding anniversary or last year was the 30th for Sir. I realise I haven't really done anything, so well, I'm just I'm just glad this all over that that stress is is gone for another year. Well, until Christmas, which is very soon. So what, what did you yeah. go for for Sar for her birthday? Uh, so it's actually quite helpful. So Sar sends me a a list, pretty much like she's oh, ideal <laughs> <laughs> of like a few different clothes that she likes, and then it's up to me to just you know pick and choose, do do as I please. But I got a bit ballsy in recent years and gone off list. Really? Well, I get one thing on the list and then I go off list for the next You need a banker, don't you? You need one in a bank. Exactly. You don't want to be sending all three things back. But I, I tend to try to go for experiences now, Tom, rather than gifts. So this year, we actually had a wedding that we went to that was on Sar's birthday. So for the You're night- claiming that as the experience? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, no, unfortunately I couldn't. Um... But the night before, they arranged um, <laughs> for a party bus. You know those big party buses? Yeah. Where basically there's like a little <laughs> disco on with a karaoke. Yeah. And, um, so Max could come on with his cousin, Al, who's three. Max yeah. is two. So um, it was great for them. And it was great for the mid-30-year-olds as well. And yeah, it was just different. Just drove drove around the streets of Cardiff for an hour <laughs> singing karaoke. <laughs> How many people on this bus? Uh, there was a maximum of 16, but I think there was 12 of us. Yeah, that's okay. It was a good crack, yeah. Then it was back to our house and, yeah, carry on the party. Yeah, was there a toilet on the bus? No, Mm. no. And I I didn't get, nobody, I don't think, got motion sickness either, which I was thinking might have been the case, especially when there's a few, you know, a bit of alcohol flowing around. And, um, but yeah, I'd recommend that. Good crack. What present that you've bought, Sar, has gone down the worst? Oof. Um, <laughs> well, there's there's plenty of items of clothing which she's thought, why the hell have you bought that for me? Um, also got into the thing of buying her an exercise DVD, though. Mm. One year I bought her that, just <laughs> just because she wanted to lose a bit of weight or mm. that's what she's ever had to, but she wanted to be more fit, no, fitter. Um, even fitter. Even fitter. So I bought her that as like a bit of a <laughs> joke. And now it's just turned into an annual thing, basically. So I think this year she got a uh, a Strictly workout DVD. Nice. <laughs> so, yeah, it's a very disappointing gift, to be fair, but it's one that I just kind of feel like I'll keep on buying. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Christmas with my mum. My mum and dad always used to buy me a James Bond 
movie. <laughs> Did they? And it got to about five years down the line. I was like, Mum, I'm really not into that, into James <laughs> Bond. <laughs> how like many, how many DVDs do you have by this point? Oh, five, six, <laughs> seven even. But I was like, I've got to stop this because it's, it's just a waste of money for her, isn't it? Well, I can see why you're relieved that October is out of the way. And also November, excitingly for people who enjoy a number of sports, Geraint, is Autumn International's time. Are you going to any? Yes. Yeah, we're hoping to go to South Africa game, actually. So Ooh. always try and get to one at least. Yeah, looking forward to that. I always think <laughs> that for you, like Autumn Internationals are right in the sweet spot, aren't they? So Six Nations, you have become a cycling monk by that stage. You can't drink or you're not drinking and you're really careful with what you're eating. But the Autumn Internationals are right in the sweet spot in that you are wearing your maternity wardrobe anyway after, <laughs> your, after, your, after your summer break. Yeah, and I've got great drinking form. Yeah, you're bang yeah, on Yeah, exactly. I, I remember I went to Wales, Australia when they beat Australia for the first time in like 10, 11 oh, years. Yeah. And before the start, um, we were lucky enough they put us up in this box, I think with WRU or someone, and they're like, oh, you can go into the changing rooms if you want after the game. And I was like, oh, no, it's fine because, you know, if they lose, they're not going to want to see me just rocking up. And then if they win, they haven't won for so long. I don't want to be, you know, great crashing their party, you know, leave it to them. Anyway, as I said, we're in a box. So by half time, I was already well on my way. So at the finish, by the time final whistle went, so like, yes, let's go. Get me down there. So go down with, took my father-in-law and my brother-in-law. So my father-in-law, he was a big fan of Sean Edwards. He starts chatting to him and Uh-oh. he just basically just blew him off. And he just, <laughs> <laughs> that sounds dodgy, but no, he just didn't speak to him and just walked away. <laughs> Sean Edwards now. And... Uh, but my father-in-law was like, that was great because if, if he had been really nice and friendly, it would have, you know, taken away the image of him that he had, basically. Yeah, so that was good, actually, to go down there because obviously know a few of the boys. So I ended up saying to Bigger, actually, if you win next week, you, they would have had 100% records. Like, oh, yeah, you should all come down to, to Monaco. We'll have a night out. And they, they did win, actually. So mm. I do owe that team a night out. But The entire team? Uh uh, well, I, I'm, I try and restrict it just to 15, but, you know. It's a 23-man game now. It is, it, it is. But um, a few of them, I've actually mentioned it over the years, whenever I've bumped into them. <laughs> it wasn't that long ago, actually. But I'd be keen for it if they all just came down. It'd be a good crack, that, wouldn't it? Although that would be an expensive night out with them lot. It'd be a very expensive night yeah. out. That game, was that the 9-6 game as well? It was It was both a beautiful game for Wales in that you finally beat Australia for the first time in about 10 years, but also a terrible game to watch. To be honest, Tom, I can't remember the result. <laughs> I'd said we were in a box. <laughs> we we won and that was it, yeah. Well, in that case, uh, today's guest could not be any more fitting. Geraint, should we get him on? Let's do it. Tom, good news. The sponsors are back for season two. That is momentous, G. And momentous just so happens to be the sponsors of this next bit. But who are they? <laughs> Well, for all you listeners that were listening last season, you'll remember them as Amp Human. Aha, yeah, a leading human performance company that works with over 150 pro and elite sporting teams. And once again, we've got an exclusive discount for you. Gee, what's the lowdown? Well, I use uh, PR lotion all the time. You basically rub it directly in your muscles, you get bicarb directly into them and, you know, allows me to maximise training sessions and improves recovery time. Yeah, if you try it, the clinical data says you'll get 53% less muscle soreness and be able to do 25% more training intervals. 
I like those odds, G. So if you fancy slapping it all over your legs before your next big ride or workout, go to livemomentous.com. So that first bit, all one word, L-I-V-E, then M-O-M-E-N-T-O-U-S dot com. And because you listen to this podcast, we've got you an exclusive discount. Just use the code GTCC2021 at the checkout for 25% off Momentus's PR lotion. Happy training. Right, G, it's time to get today's guest on. Now, from last week's clue, I'm guessing this isn't a professional cyclist. So what are they, an amateur like me? An amateur cyclist, most definitely, yes, but not an amateur athlete, to be fair. Um, We've mentioned him on the pod a few times, so I thought it was about time we got him on for Series 2. And to be fair, he's always been going on, like, oh, when are you going to ask me on? Like, I really want to get on, like... It's my favourite pod and, you know, I'm just a massive fan. So can, can you get me on, please? So here we go. A little intro now that I've just quickly got together. Right. Today's guest, English born, which his Wikipedia page points out. But to be fair, he's serious Welsh international. He's probably a bit better than I was on the wing. Slightly faster, slightly stronger, slightly just bigger generally. But he's probably lucky I did give up <laughs> rugby to follow cycling because he probably wouldn't have got anywhere near as over 100-odd caps he's got for Wales now. Uh, he's been on two Lions tours. I think he's won the Six Nations twice, but I'm not too sure about that. I even texted him and he couldn't remember, so I don't know what that says about him. Anyway, it's the man himself, Mr. George North. Welcome to the pod, mate. How was that for an intro? Do you like it? That's the worst introduction. That is the worst. Half of that was absolute rubbish. <laughs> which which half? You text me, and that wasn't even the question. You know, half the stuff that can we start again? This is not the right <laughs> intro for me. I don't feel like. Do you want to do your own intro, George? Uh, no, because I feel like whatever I say now is just going to get belittled by Gare. So no. <laughs> Hello, I'm George. <laughs> so what's uh, what part was wrong then? How many Six Nations titles have you? championships if you well, that's not why that's not why you asked me you asked me how many six nations games have i won and you texted oh. me right before going th- into the gym did i say that did i and i was oh. like and i was like i don't know about to go in the gym and then you obviously forgot that bit yeah yeah to be fair so how many six nations championships have you won three four four fair play how many six nation games have you won oh <laughs> oh I don't know off the top of my head I'll talk back to you on that one. <laughs> a fair amount, man. This intro is getting even worse. George, I'm going to ask you a question. Um, when do you think, or what age, did you last weigh the same as G? 12. Yeah, sounds about right. <laughs> no, so when I, when I race the tour, I'm 68. Now I'm probably, well, I'm high 70s, low 71s. Bulking now, I'm in the bulk phase. How heavy are you when you're match fit? Um, well, because I'm a professional I stay in match fitness all year round, G. I don't, I don't peak and trough. I, I'm actually, give or take, I vary between 106 and 109 kilos. On a really good day like Christmas, maybe 110, 11, but <laughs> uh, being 106 and 109. Wow. I mean, that's like, that's like two Tom Pidcocks. <laughs> uh, Here's a question for you, G, uh, and it's impossible to answer, but do, I'm going to ask you. Do you mean you, big G or anyway. little G? So that's a good point. <laughs> little G in this okay, case. Okay, sorry. Just for clarity. Small, smaller G, just so G doesn't feel quite so... Uh, the real G. <laughs> quite so insulted. So who who suffers more than G? 
a rider on a brutal mountain stage or a rugby player in a super intense test match? Let's say you're up against the Springboks. <laughs> World Cup semi-final, uh, World Cup quarter-final. Who suffers more? I'm going to take this question seriously because there's so many things I could say now. But I think <laughs> the thing is, cycling is, you suffer, but it's definitely in a different way. Like you suffer... Well, anyone that rides a bike, you know, if you're going uphill for, you know, 40, 50 minutes, it's just, it's not agony. It's just, just constantly just that needle. It's like getting a Chinese burn, you know, whereas rugby is like, well, just getting smashed over the head or like into your shoulder. And it's just like the impacts in in that are just brutal, you know, especially when you go like Cardiff Arms Park right next door to the Principality. When you go there to watch a blues game, normally when they're like smashing like the Ospreys or whatever, you can just hear those impacts. It's just like, it's just nuts. It's just brutal. But it's what you train for as well, isn't it? Like, if I if I stood on a rugby field, I wouldn't last a minute. First impact, I'd be off. But, you know, I went out for... Yeah, I think your first impact, you'd be in half. <laughs> yeah, probably. I went, after the tour, actually, I rode to the local pub with my father-in-law and George just for like a, a pint. It usually takes me 30 it's minutes. It's actually a coffee ride. It was a coffee ride, yeah. That it I was, was a like, coffee ride, and then I, I, I turned to a G. I was like, "Are you alright, mate? You just went the tour. You're gonna go for a flipping coffee? Are you, you serious?" <laughs> <laughs> That's just autopilot, isn't it? You just think, "Let's go for a coffee." But then, um, yeah, we went for a pint. Father-in-law had a bit of lime cordial in his. You know, it's, it happens with age. I think he called it a dash. It was half a half a pint. It was. <laughs> no, yeah. So normally it takes thirty odd minutes with Empire. It was close to an hour. Like you know, it was it was brutal. Oh, the pace on, we were going. Hang on, hang on. Hang on, hang on. Just to clarify, you left your father-in-law at the bottom of a hill. So I, me being a team player, I was like, don't worry, I got him. <laughs> and you cycled off and I stayed with him thinking I'd be nice. That's what happened. So don't put me in the same bracket as Ave. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but talking about team, in cycling, we can get so many different cultures, you know, South American. Like South American culture is so different to British let alone, you know, Italian culture compared to Spanish and French, like, and just getting the right mix is key for, you know, us succeeding, really, because you can have, what's what's that saying, you know, a team of champions compared to a a champion team. You know, having super strong individuals doesn't necessarily make you a a great team. And uh, with rugby, obviously, that's, that's the same. But I guess you are fortunate in that most of the countries that are decent are similar, you know, like, Australian Kiwi are pretty similar to Brits. Am I right there? South Africans, um, you know, it's similar. Yeah, a couple of different accents, but yeah, pretty much. So when it comes to building up a team, you know, with you played in Northampton, for instance. Is there yeah. a big difference between Northampton and when you go and play for Wales? There's a big difference from club rugby up to international rugby, regardless. I think some clubs are, are very fortunate. Um, they have unbelievable squads and obviously, you know, funding and... Uh, salary caps dependent on a lot of this but you know the the the, the jump up in intensity skill set rugby knowledge what it, what it requires on you physically as well you know um it, it's just is it's a, it's a unless i guess it's very similar to you when you go well i don't think you race below you know big dog levels so you know if you were to drop down a level and try and take that intensity up if you try and drag someone up to that very quickly you know the pressure comes on the speed of the ball, the speed of contact, the physicality in the contact, very quickly that those your processes become wounded because you can't process that fast. You know you can't being hit that hard regularly. It, weirdly, you, you get conditioned to it. We 
your body gets used to being whacked pretty hard. And then, yeah. you know, the, the flip side to that question about who would, you know, what's worse, a, a grand tour stage or playing rugby is, I could think of nothing worse than being sat there for that long with just attack, attack, attack. I think that's brutal and stupid. And, you know, I enjoy my cycling. <laughs> And I enjoy the, you know, social, I enjoy the physical, you know, being able to do something physical without having the, the impacts on my body as much as I do. But I'm all for having a little, nice little chat on a, on a ride, not be like <laughs> people boshing elbows and stuff. So, um, yeah, uh, I, um, I think, yeah, it's silly. Both sports are silly, really. Thinking about it, G. Uh, big G or little G. I'm sorry, I need to get this right. Real G. I? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, real G. Original G, older G, <laughs> cycling G. Um, in some ways, I guess a GC contender is a little bit like a winger in that the GC contender gets the glory at the end of the day. The winger scores the try, but the GC contender doesn't win the leader's jersey without the domestiques and the super domestiques. And a winger doesn't score tries without the centres and the fly half and the props and the back row forwards. Yeah, most definitely. But I think at the same time, they're both team sports, but rugby is more so a team sport, you know? And I think you can sort of hide might be the wrong word, but if you have a bad day, the team can still perform well and still win. Whereas when you're a team leader, if you have a bad day, that's it. You know, the whole team work for you and you bomb out and you're pretty gutted. And and everyone, well, yeah, everyone is gutted because you've underperformed. So I think that's a big difference between the two. George never does that, though. He's always, you know, performs impeccably, obviously. But uh, it depends who you speak to, G, or what you read online. <laughs> <laughs> that's very true. But what I was going to say was, um, obviously, Wales, obviously, there's a lot of competition for places. That's another thing which is big in our team, obviously. We've got a lot of good riders all fighting for, you know, you can have up to five guys all fighting for one spot in the tour. Is that... A, that must... I'm guessing it's a similar attitude to me but I'm going to ask you anyway but how do you deal with that how you know obviously coaches are different you know when your national coach changes and stuff as well and they're looking for different things but that competition for places when you're training is that intensity like like a match day is it you get days where it's properly just brutal and you're kind of like right you don't hate this guy but in this whatever drill you're doing I'm going to smash this guy and I'm going to get this place because this is my jersey to a point maybe Probably not as aggressive as you there. I'm not sure why if everything okay. But um <laughs> I, I guess our 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 big day in a week, our hump day is such as Tuesday. You know, Tuesday is as probably our biggest day in tense in terms of volume, uh intensity, physicality for sure. Um, you know, we'll be doing double rugby, a lot of contact within that. Um a lot of that stuff is like overspeed, so that high tempo kind of like I guess get better into numbers here but I guess if you were to try and get higher meters per minute in those sessions so then when you go interna- you go into an international game and the meters per minute is actually a bit lower you're used to already performing at that higher level so then when you essentially drop down even though the game is longer you you don't get that um, ripple effect as such but those Tuesdays do get a bit fruity they, they naturally they do and they have to I guess preparation for a test match isn't isn't easy you know you wouldn't be there if it was easy but um there's an element of you have to whack him before he whacks you because end of the day, there's only, you know, essentially I'm one of two wingers to play, you know, and in the squad we'd have six or seven, you know, and maybe even eight if you take guys that can play across the back line. You're fighting for essentially 
two jobs, you know, and you're one of six. So you've always got to be on your on your money. You've always got to be ready to go. And some some days are hard, and Tuesdays notoriously is the one day you've just got to get through Tuesday, and you'll make the test. <laughs> so has, has it ever got out of hand with you then, or is that more for the forwards and like Alan Wynn Jones who actually literally punch each other? Yeah, um, I'll let you ask Alan Wynn that to his face, you big chicken. <laughs> um, um, no, I, I, I think I think you'd run away, and he could probably catch you. But um, I think that's mainly for the for the forwards. You know, not for the forwards. It happens in the backs as well, but more commonly in the forwards. You know, when they're doing like live scrums, live malls, it's it's a nasty place to be. I'll be brutally honest. I'm thankful for my life decisions on that one. But um, <laughs> yeah, but I think some players like that Alwyn. Uh, I'm sure it came out of Six Nations or Asics Nations. Um, not just Alwyn. There's a number of players. You know that when it gets into that test week and say if they haven't had a had a game for a couple of weeks, they need that. I was I would say rough and tumble because you know it's coming Saturday, so you almost need to expose yourself and have that edge before you take the field because you know come Saturday it's coming, you know fivefold, tenfold. So yeah, no, I get it. I totally agree with it. It's great. It's great to see. Although I would be a bit pissed if that was me and this video came out because I'd be like, who the hell sent that out? But that's a different story. But I'm full. I'm I'm fully. I love it. I think that's great. That's what you need. You know, in our team. We definitely don't get anywhere near punching each other. But, you know, when you're doing efforts and stuff, you want to be the quickest. I don't want so-and-so, like, going up some climb quicker than me at the end of the day. You know, you're all fighting for that place, do, aren't you? Do, you? do you shout to each other? Like, you know, when you're riding and then, like, you're doing efforts and stuff, you're like, come on, you lazy so-and-so. <laughs> or is it a bit like, well, he's obviously struggling. Keep him in the hole, boys. <laughs> is it like that? <laughs> uh, it depends who you are. There's There's a few shouters. And there's a few guys who are a bit more sort of clever with it, but yeah, it, you'd be it's... letting tires down again, you? <laughs> yeah, a bit of bit of sand in the old uh, down tube, but um, yeah, I think just it's elite sport, isn't it? And it's everyone is competitive, and as long as it doesn't, there's a line. Obviously, there's there's a line, but I think with cycling, if you start punching each other, it's completely different because it's not a contact sport. Whereas rugby is, you're more or less punching the way you run into each other anyway you know what i mean so you're a lot closer to that line anyway but in elite is, sport is everyone is just go on is this weird that i'm asking the questions and i'm the guest anyway the the question i have is what did you think of the last dance have you watched the last dance yeah i did with, uh, with mj like i said mj like he's my mate but michael jordan <laughs> um my my opinion was i heard like a load of not negative press with people going oh that's not right what they do there or that's not that's not proper, that's not the right way and that's really harsh and probably a, a bit too but ne- like negativity towards the way he got about went about his work. But I was like, to me, and this is for rugby as well, it's, I guess maybe a different cycle, that's what it's like. <laughs> yeah. And that I would never have got to where I am without people like that around me and sometimes me doing that and, and, and helping other people grow and how they get better. So I, I, from a sportsman's point of view, at that elite level, sometimes you need a bit of that. But obviously in cycling, it's far too sociable than rugby. <laughs> no, yeah, I totally agree. I think it's just, there's obviously a line of being just a knob and actually wanting to be the best athlete you can be. You know what I mean? Like, just don't be a twat. But you can still, you know, train super hard, push everyone. There's a way of talking to people as well. There's no point in abusing everyone all the time. But I think... I don't know, sport is just different, in it? There's no way you could be like that. Like Tom, for instance, when you used to work in BBC, you wouldn't walk into the office and just start 
hurling abuse at someone, would you? But when, actually, have you seen the videos? <laughs> but when when you're out on the road, it's different. I had this discussion. We speak about it at the Ospreys, and when you speak talk about performing at this level in sport, um, is you have a you have two different conversations. You have, I guess, your normal conversations that we're having now, and then we have high performance conversations. And knowing the difference is quite key because then you know what you need to what you take in and what you just laugh off as normal banter and you know and so forth and i think understanding that high performance conversations need to happen so like say naturally if g was playing with us he'd probably let us down quite a bit because he's not really there now mate i'd be committed i'd be i'd be leading the way in my attitude my commitment my professional professionalism most improved in the end of season dinner and um (laughs) but like i'd be able to say to him in a high performance situation a conversation going well that's you know that's that's rubbish but your job's to do this and then i would then show him how we would then show you how to do it do you know what i mean but yeah that high performance conversation isn't like a normal conversation where you go how's your day been do you know what I mean it's understanding within sport that you have to have these conversations to so that everyone is at the same level understanding and yeah. have you always been good at that or did you when you were younger coming in because that's definitely one thing i wouldn't have done when i was younger but obviously as you get better and you grow in confidence in the group you feel you can speak more have you always been able to do that from no absolutely not for my first i think four years i didn't say boo to a goose um (laughs) yeah like you have to remember i was only 18 at the time coming through and i was playing with you know people that i like massively admired my heroes and i would look up to them so when they were like you know big g not little g they'll go big g they won't do that they'll say george uh they would go george like you get the bags or george you help jr the kit man or george you do that and i would don't say anything just nod my head and get on with it do you know what I mean and mm. through that then you, you know they would then help me out when I needed stuff you know in, in training like something like something to work on skills or extras there's always they're there to help so then obviously now I'm not wiser I'm older um <laughs> you know I, I try and I try and do that with the younger academy boys you know so help help them improve but in the same way that they understand that you have to earn your stripes at this level and you have to show the boys that you're willing to do as much as we are to get to this level. Do you know what I mean? And in return, then you, the boys will then look after you and, t- and help you. In, in, not, in a, not in a negative or nasty way, but you know, you have to, you have to in, especially in rugby, you have to prove, you, you have to show your weight and you have to show that you're willing to go and do everything you can. Do you also, George, because you're 100 caps in now, like I'm sure everything you just you just told me and little G is true, but do you also find yourself looking at the younger ones? Let's say we're talking about Lewis Rees-Amit and, and he's got a decent amount of chat on him, hasn't he? Lewis Rees-Amit. And you find yourself thinking, these youngsters these days, in the same way as G might look at what riders are doing at 21 and 22 in pro road cycling, thinking, these, what are these, where's the respect no from these youngsters? Absolute knobheads. <laughs> I, w- I will say they've got a whole new dialogue uh, I don't understand some of the stuff they say, these words, you know. Um, I guess, I, I don't have to sum it up, but w- weirdly, if you, like obviously rugby's got the stigma of like, of a, of a former life. Rugby was like, you play hard and then you, you drink hard. Not me, obviously, G, before you pipe up, little G. Um, <laughs> but then obviously as the game's got more professional and, you know, you, you can't you can't still do that to perform. You know, you know when the game went professional, you know, they went from training twice a week to training every day. Do you, do you know what I mean? So you, there's no way that you could you could do that and sustain that. The body, as the game requires more of you, you've got to, you know, adapt and give more. 
So these young boys, oh my God, I sound so old. These <laughs> new players coming through, obviously all they've ever known is this level and that the way of expectation and the, you know, how things are done. But I think I was in that, you know, my the crop I came through with, you know, um, like Toby Falatau, Tiprick, Justin Tiprick, Sam Warburton, Dan Lidget, Scott Williams, uh, Lloyd Williams, you know, these younger guys at the time, we kind of were, the, we got caught hanging on to the last of the old school. So, you know, like the boys like Mike Phillips and Andy Powell, those boys that would traditionally <laughs> play re- unbelievable players, but then they would, they would go flat out at, at night as well, which is great. But so we never had that, they, these boys have never had that exposure. So when it comes to doing stuff, they take it for granted that, you know, the kit man just gets all the stuff. Do you know I mean? They take it for granted that someone will do the laundry where, for six years, I had to do the laundry. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I had to help the kit man because I was the youngest and that was that was the way. But it's probably different in cycling because they're like princesses and everything gets done for them. But in rugby, <laughs> you know, I had to do, the youngest has to do all the all the crap chops essentially. And it's gone a little oh, bit away from that maybe. It is true. We are princesses. We do get properly pampered. But I did, I did try and bring in the sort of, you know, in, in rugby, you have like your social sec or you have, as we do in the GTCC actually, Tom, um, you know, you have your fines and like the kangaroo court type stuff. I tried to sort of have a bit of that, but you know, like I was saying earlier about culture and teams and I don't know, just the other nationalities just didn't really get it. Didn't really want to be involved in it. Like it's just a completely different mentality. And I was just like, oh, okay, well, we'll just do the same old boring stuff then around the race, you know, <laughs> like obviously serious in the race, but have a bit of a, get something going, you know, but, yeah, that's the difference. I think, I think for me, I'm like that. I need, I can't fully switch on until I switched off because it's so intense. As little G would probably back me up. When you're in that groove of training, camps, performing, racing, games, training, recovery, games, training, recovery, games. Like sometimes it's it is monotonous, and you have to break it down. And I have to switch off fully. You know, luckily. Um, you know, most of them play PlayStation for 17 hours a day. So that's, that's their switch <laughs> off. But like, I, I, I chase my son around. Uh, um, I get shouted at by my wife for not chasing my son around fast enough and he's hit himself somewhere. Um, <laughs> and doing, I, I, I like to be busy outside of rugby because I, for me, I mentally need that. So then when I go to rugby, I'm fully switched on for rugby as well. So I, I, I think those second, those like little sections and little groups, uh, a key really just to break it up really baby g if you were to swap sports with giant g for a moment let's let's say this swap could happen and when wales play the all blacks or the Springboks, that for some reason you end up on the wing and giant g let's say we'll put you in a spring classic maybe parry roubaix so you can use some of that power right clearly it's disastrous for both of you but for which of you is it slightly less disastrous oh, me i think Nah, definitely me. Hundred percent me. I'm slippery. Like, I'll need a couple of weeks just to get into the groove. But, mate, you, you'll, 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 people will struggle to get a grip of me, especially now with these tight jerseys you wear. Like, you'll struggle, mate. Like, I'll, I'll be going through people's legs and all sorts. I think they'll struggle to find your jersey so small, mate. Don't let me do that thing. Um, I, I think I'd be better off. I'll be brutally honest. I think at least I'd finish the game or the race. Do you know what I mean? I don't think I'll be taken off or in in a pretzel by someone. Plus, <laughs> yeah. m- imagine me at the sprint 
that's that is that's pretty scary there's elbows everywhere there's a that's a big that's a big you know sprint i am like looking around no one's gonna have a go with it let's face it <laughs> i think when it comes to zwift if you did zwift racing you'd probably smash it because all it takes well, into account then is just raw power you know or on a watt bike it's just aerodynamics and all that well if you put the right weight in it'll affect zwift a bit but you know i think you, if I you put can the fan pump on, out affect me <laughs> <laughs> But uh, you you ride the watt bike a bit. Like, what would your peak power? What was the biggest? You must do sprints and stuff. What's the peak power you've seen? I've hit two and a half. <laughs> um, oh my god, that's Chris Hoy standard. That. But, but yeah, I, well, I wouldn't go against the Hoy. Let's face it; he's he's not bad. Um, I think I'm actually going. <laughs> I think I'm going to actually do some Swift racing because now my knee's a bit better. I'm able to do a bit more, and I've been asked to do. Uh, as I actually set up last night, fair enough. So watch your space, G. I'm coming for you. Well, um, you can join our GTCC club rides every Wednesday I, at 6 I can't, p.m. Sorry, I'm, I'm already in a team. Sorry. It's uh, pretty pretty tight now. <laughs> He'll be there, folks. He'll be there. Keep an eye out. He'll be there. G, you, you fancy yourself as a sort of an old-fashioned 10, don't you? A sort of throwback to the, the great Welsh teams of the 1970s. <laughs> so- sorry, sorry, sorry. Sorry, Tom. Can you repeat that question, please? Sorry. That statement there. <laughs> <laughs> come on g this is what you told me you, well, you see yourself as a sort look, of phil bennett barry john yeah the way he's i got see the week it for it <laughs> <laughs> right just hear me out give me five years after post-retirement when i bulk up i get prison big then you'll be like ah oh, actually g big g original g you would have probably made a decent <laughs> 10 because i've got the mind for it you know i'm i'm clever me i can run this game like nobody else like Dan Carter, he's he's another one that's lucky I didn't continue with rugby because he wouldn't be the legend he is now if I'd continued because I'd be 10 and everyone would be like, G <laughs> Thomas, original G, he's the man. Because, you know, I've, I've got, I have it all. Like I can kick, you know, a little grubber through, cross field, you know, 55 yards, whatever. Spiral, I'll do a spiral for you tomorrow. Um you know, I, I'll take the ball up to the line. I'll keep the defence guessing. You know, they've they've got to watch me because I'm fast as well. I'll be straight through a hole. You know, I set up the 12s. I, I make holes for everyone. So, sorry, little G. This reminds me of that, um, all these conversations I have with these old fellas that say they would have made it if they need him blow out. Sorry, <laughs> they just kind of had uh, that echo in. I would have played 150 times for Wales, but my, my shoulder or my knee goes. That's the classic one. That sounded very similar to that. <laughs> yeah, it probably does, to be fair. But... Okay, seeing we're talking about me going into rugby, what about, George, give us your cycling team made up of rugby players. So who's going to be, who's the best oh, nice. guy who does, who's your sprinter? Hang on, hang on. Actually, I'll tell you, um, I'll give you a list. I want a GC man, so your you, you leader, okay. a sprinter, a lead out man, a domestique for like the flat, like a Luke Rowe, and a domestique for like the climbs. Anything else, Tom? Do we need a, a, a sporting director? Someone who's going yeah. to call the shots, maybe? Like a manager in the car. Yeah, that'll do. Who's who's filling them places then? So I'm just going to quickly write down what I wrote on my phone on this piece of paper, if that's okay. Is that, is that yeah. allowed? Yeah, yeah, no worries. Can you, not, allowed? Can, you, can you not read off your phone? No, because what hap- my phone is broken, so it's either on or off. So I haven't got the flight mode or anything. Oh, okay. First person to take Thanks. notes... Like a guest to make notes. This is serious. <laughs> I always do. I always do notes. Um, so the leader would be me if it's my team, wouldn't it? Let's face it. What, if you're going to be a GC contender, are you? Well, yeah. Tom, it's my team. So 
Okay. I'm picking it, so I'm going to be the leader. All right. <laughs> um, this is very difficult. Very difficult. So what did you want? A leader? Who else? <laughs> a lead-out man and a sprinter. Okay. I would say the lead-out man would be someone like Scott Williams because he's got a good engine on him. So he'll he'll be in and about the place, but then he's got enough power to drag him out at the end. And then I'd probably release someone like Shane Williams as mm. a sprinter because he's like small, powerful. It looks like he chews the bars most of the time, but that's just because he's really short. Um, Cav, Cav-esque. Yeah. Yeah, probably not as... Probably mm, same height, maybe a bit shorter. I don't know. Um, <laughs> a bit more Caleb Ewan in my mind. Yes, there you go, Caleb boy. So I would go as a domestic climber, jack of everything. Could do like mental shifts on the climb, but mental shifts on the flat. I'm going somewhere like Justin Tipperick because he's like class at everything. Someone like a domestic on like the flat. I would go someone like Alan Wynn Jones because he's got like a mental engine. And he is like big, powerful man. Plus, it's a big man to hide behind for a bit of a rest. Fair. And he just graphs, doesn't he? He just graphs all day long. Oh, mate. I think he's got the right mindset even to do like horrible time trials and just flat because he just puts himself <laughs> in, a, in a hole and he's happy just sitting there churning out all day. So um, <laughs> who, who else do I need? To, oh, I need like um, a DOR, don't I? Like a director of rugby. Or what, what's mm. that called in cycling? Director sportive you could have. Or you could have... Yeah, I think I think we want the man in the car, don't we, G? We want the one mm. talking you through the climbs, talking through the descents, the man on in your ear. So basically, a, a good communicator, tactician, not too strong. Amazing driver. Good driver. Uh, I'd probably have someone like, I think you're Dan Bigger. He'd be good in that sort of environment. Or if you want a bit something a bit like a bit mad, a bit more energy, you know, shouting down the mic in the car, you want like someone like Mike Phillips who would just get caught up in the race and be like, ah, attack, 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 just go. I think that would be, so- yeah, Mike, let's go Mike because he'd, he'd bring a bit more like um, motivator like, as well. Get going. Allez, allez, allez. That sort of stuff, you know. <laughs> oh, that's quality. We should make this team. We should get this team together, Tom. It'd be a like, Imagine that coming on the road. You'd be like, what is this circus coming? Yeah. <laughs> uh. <laughs> George, I want to ask about your bike because this is another story I've heard from uh, from Medium G, from Baby G, is that the bike that you use is the biggest bike that any human being has ever ridden. Surely, like, there's there's tall people out there and I just feel like you're just trying to poke fun at me again. But it's just, it's like reinforced <laughs> steel. All the lugs have been, like, doubly, triply, quadruply welded to just put up with the, the force and the, the power going through it. And it's like a big... It's not a it's not a, a gate you get in a house. It's like a gate you get. I think you're very rude. In a, a, you know, on a farm to stop the sheep getting out of a field. It's a good friend. It, it's like that. It's a big, <laughs> big gate that you need to sort of tie around a pole. A, you're stopping the horse getting out with this with this bike. No, you're, you're being very rude to my mate Tom. Tom Tom Sturdy. He made he made that bike for me, and he's actually made me another one now because I like the, the first one so much. And Becky doesn't know that I bought another bike, so hopefully she doesn't listen to this. He's done a great job. It's a masterpiece. Ah, yeah. Thanks, mate. I thought it better to have something that actually fits me because I don't... I had one of those posh bikes that G had and I found it just... Well, first of all, it couldn't cope, let's face it. And secondly, it was just a bit too, like, racy for me. I don't need to prove myself on two wheels. Uh, (laughs) So I wanted something that I could sit there, churn out a recovery ride, do some good rides on and, you know, the the, the problem being when you're six foot five and under... you know, 
eight kilos, say, you don't look good on any bike. You don't look good in Lycra. You look like a busting sausage. So you may as well just just go full hog into it, and you. So that's what that's kind of my thing. But yeah, no, Tom Tom has been very good with making my bike, and it's been tremendous since. And G actually likes it. He asked me to have a go on it once, and I said no. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, I've got one question for you. Is okay. it's a bit more serious now? But we had Sarah, my wife. Okay, on, sorry. <clears throat> on <laughs> it's, she's been on series one, which you you know because you've listened to it hundred percent. Being on that other side, being the one watching your loved one compete what was it like when you were watching Becky compared to for instance when you go out and play rugby your nerves your the way you are whatever compared to when you're watching Becky were you worse were you better how did how was that it was horrendous I was the worst spectator you've ever seen I couldn't sit down (laughs) obviously the the velodrome's like a million degrees so I just couldn't stop sweating it's actually the first time in Rio I think that Becky's mother heard me swear (laughs) <laughs> and uh, when I was watching the racing, but I think I guess that when you're playing, you can affect it, or you can you think you can affect it, or you're in the moment, so you can maybe do something to to change it. But when you're watching, and obviously watching sprinting is a bit more going on than the stuff you do. There's actually it was really quite exciting to watch. Oh, low blow. Sorry, we're all thinking it. So watching Becky was just it was just I found it horrendous, but I loved it because obviously I was so proud of of my wife. But it was horrendous and. And in a selfish way, it's quite nice. I don't have to go through that emotional roller coaster again. It's not not, not this about me, obviously. It's about my wife. But if I was to answer that like that, I would say it's a less emotional roller coaster for me to deal with. Yeah, totally agree with you there. Have you ever been on the track before, a velodrome? No. Oh, no. we should get you on Garen Thomas National Velodrome of Wales. <laughs> I'll get you in. <laughs> Give me a call when we're back. I don't like I don't like turning that way. So can I go the other way around? Is that a thing? Yeah. You c- I, I don't think I'd be able to, to be fair, because I'm so used to going left. Like, I don't think I'd, I'd properly struggle. It'd be weird. Have you ever gone right? No. You you can ride the other way around the track. There's nothing stopping you. But it's the fact I've never actually tried on a velodrome with steep bankings. I've done it around Mandy, and that feels, like, wrong. It feels like I'm going to crash. And that's, like, I don't know what it is, less than 20 degrees, probably. Whereas, whereas Garen Thomas National Velodrome of Wales, bankings there are, like, 75 <laughs> degrees. Uh, 75, 45 ish bloody hell mate we put extra slope on it have you <laughs> yeah it's a wall mate all right cheers george well that was um very interesting informative funny i'll see you on the zwift ride soon gtcc every wednesdays six o'clock cheers but you can say bye and thanks you really appreciate the invite coming by the way nothing <laughs> <laughs> i mean tom tom it's been great to chat to you mate i've been waiting to talk to you for ages um just to put some of his stories behind it. But no, thanks for having me. I've really enjoyed it. Okay, I'll see you soon, I'm sure. Thank you very much for having me. <laughs> Cheers, bro. Oh, polite man. Cheers, bro. So, Tom, while you and producer Lou are cracking on and improving your fitness on Zwift, I thought it'd be a great idea to hear from someone who's already on it and can give some useful tips already. So, this week, here's one of our very own GTCC members on why they use Zwift. Hi, my name's Blair and I've been using Zwift for about 18 months. Um, I really love the flexibility of Zwift and the ability to do just an hour or so before work without the rigmarole of getting organised and heading out on the road. 
Uh, the thing I most enjoy about Zwift has got to be group rides like the GTCC one. It's the closest I'm ever going to get to being part of a peloton like G and the miles clock up faster when you're part of a bunch. I've joined a couple of groups which are organised through Facebook. One in particular is called 3R and it's got rides for different abilities and at all different times of the day and it's well worth checking out. And if you fancy giving Zwift a try after hearing that, just go to Zwift.com to start your free trial. We'll see you there. Right, Tom, time for any other business. And for once, I've actually got something to chat about in this section. It's a big week for the GTCC. Now, are you talking about our first ever live show? I am, Tom, indeed. So the guys at Ruler Live have invited us down to chat on stage. So to be honest, I am getting a little nervous because there's plenty of outtakes on this pod. But the thing is about live events, uh, it's a cycling uh, event. You know when people are really nervous before a best man speech? And the way of calming them down is saying, look, everyone is primed to enjoy this. Like, you, there are going to be no hecklers. Then yeah, I'll never it, say that. Don't you? I'm <laughs> what a, do you I'm say? Like, I'm expecting Jimmy Carr. Like, oh. give, me, give me some Jimmy Carr jokes, you know? If you're not funny, I'm going to be really disappointed. I heap the pressure on. Have you had to do it for someone? Did you do your mate yeah. Dale? Yeah, Dale and Rob. Did you and reuse Ian. the same jokes? I've done three. Have yeah. you? Well, the problem is with that, obviously Dale and Rob are you know, we're all best men for each other. So, uh-huh. yeah, it's the same crowd, so you can't regurgitate that. I had to get new material. This is different, though. This is, um, it's not that type of pressure, is it? No, and it's probably not those sort of jokes either. <laughs> no. <laughs> We've almost got to imagine, you know, when you, before you do a best man speech and you have to remember that there are probably at least three grandparents in the room. I think maybe we need to just bear in mind the grandparent rule. I'm not saying there will be grandparents at Ruler Live, but just, you know, just to hold back the spiciness a little yeah. bit well let's say this is a test run and maybe if it goes well we can add a cheeky gtcc tour into our plans for the new year okay on to the second bit of business for today frank from canada has got in touch and he's offered to compose us a new theme tune for season two he says i've been a musician composer and producer for 20 years and have composed music for tv theater and for original songs i'd love to write some original music for the podcast whether it be a theme or music for any of the special segments on the pod what do you think g sounds great yeah he's um sounds like he's got the credentials so he should know what he's doing yeah give it a whirl Okay, Frank, uh, take this as you having the gig. Could you go ahead, maybe send us your new theme song, and if it's half decent, we'll stick it in an upcoming episode. Oh, and finally, if you haven't already, go and check our brand new merch range at gtccstore.com. So you can now get yourself a GTCC t-shirt, a bead on, or a hoodie. Or they come in handy as presents for friends and family too. They're getting snapped up fast, so be quick. And if you'd like another podcast to listen to on your rides this week, why not try We Didn't Start the Fire? Now, this is a history podcast that uses Billy Joel lyrics to try and explain why the world is like it is today. There's episodes about Richard Nixon, North Korea, Joseph Stalin and Marilyn Monroe. Just search for We Didn't Start the Fire. Right, that's all for this week, G. I will see you next time. See you later. That was the Geraint Thomas Cycling Club. Thanks to Club Secretary Louise Gwilliam, Head of Music Emma Hickman, Head of Social Fionn Clark and our Honorary President Mike Carr. Most of all, thanks to you for listening. We'll see you next time.
proud network. A place where you belong. <laughs>